they still rock it at 130 cal yeah, or whatever? Yeah, which is exactly what I'm sure, like, a Natty Ice is. But probably more. Yeah. Well, could ice be, would be could... more, but light would be less. Right. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of... Uh... Maybe. Maybe next time. I'm your host, William, but with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, the ball's in our new court. <laughs> uh, we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets basketball. Uh, big week. We had press day yesterday. Simon and I were scandalously... Not on the invite list. Yes. Simon, we have... Got a monkey uh, around with this chair yeah, here, sorry. <laughs> I got it. There's some pretty serious monkeying happening. Um, okay. <laughs> this thing is off to a, <laughs> a legendary start. Uh, so we were not invited, <laughs> in short, to the Nets uh, press day. Mm-hmm. Though, in our defense, we didn't ask to be. That's correct. I forgot to send that email. Yeah, it's okay. You know, we're both busy, busy guys. Um, other people were there, though. Yeah. And it sounds like more people than historically have been there. You know what? I'm going to turn off the fan that's going directly into this. Sure. And, uh, sure. We'll see if that makes the listening <laughs> experience. I know, personally, it was uh, a lot happening in my head. It was very loud. Um, now I'm just extremely hot. Yeah. Uh, so... We were not at press day. Many people were at press day. One day, perhaps, we will be at press day if you like, rate, review yeah. on all it's, podcast channels. It's your channels. fault, people. It's you it, did this to together. us. You forced this down our throats. <laughs> we should be gods in Nets Nation, and we are nothing. Yeah. Uh, instead, uh, what did you do in, in lieu of going to press day? I had to work. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> I went to my job. Uh, uh, unfortunately, our job is not full-time tending to our Nets' interests. This ain't a paying gig. No, it's it's very much not a paying gig. Though, we did just come, which should be mentioned, from a Brooklyn Brigade event. We are informally associated with the Brigade. We are officially associated with the Block. Yes, uh, the guy who runs the brigade, Bobby Indemka, is that his name? I don't know how to say his last name. Um, anyway, he is a wonderfully generous guy, and he hosted a brunch at Douglas Sports Bar. Not even a sports bar, really. Just a bar conventional bar. bar. Yeah. Uh, in Park Slope, in the back room, fully catered. Uh, $15 buckets of beer. Uh-huh. Pretty pretty fucking great price for yeah. a bucket of beer. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, great place to talk Nets basketball. Talk <laughs> to a lot of very enthusiastic and excited people. Um, it it as Simon pointed out couldn't have been more in contrast to my mood about the Nets. But I will try to keep positive vibes only for today's cast. Well, it's uh, but it's whistleblower. So, but it's whistleblower Saturday. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the theme of the episode is whistleblowers. We, Simon and I, I think I can speak for both of us here, are, uh, I mean, I consider Edward Snowden one of my, like, all-time personal heroes. Chelsea Manning is also right up there. Mm-hmm. Um, these are heroic individuals who have sacrificed literally their entire lives to reveal 
very uncomfortable and difficult truths about the great nation in which we live. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a new whistleblower. I forget his name. I don't think he's been named. No, I thought he, I thought I heard his name. Okay. I thought they revealed him, and now they're trying to walk back who it was because of I, I have things. not seen that. But but um, okay. Well, whoever he you. or she may be, I, I believe it's a. a elderly man who is like a 52-year-old um, former Navy person. Okay. Um, but I may be wrong about that. Anyway, uh, he is now being lauded as a hero. Um, rightfully so. He, he revealed some uh, wildly inappropriate things <laughs> <laughs> that uh, our commander-in-chief said to the Ukrainian president. Do you know anything about the Ukrainian president, by the way? I know he's an American puppet and Western <laughs> puppet. Um, but you know that he, like, he had no background in politics? No. Yeah, he had no background in politics. He played in a show sort of like Veep. Oh, the president. yeah. Remember the right. thing from I the d- Doug I Hedwig do remember thing? hearing that, yes. Yeah, so he was an actor. Uh-huh. He was like the most popular actor who right. played the president on a TV show and then was elected president of Ukraine. So um, if you ever think that... The world around us is a total joke. Um, in fact, and having Donald is. Trump as the president <laughs> right. has it convinced you of that. <laughs> right, then. right. Then Ukraine could further convince you of it. <laughs> uh, anyway, that is all <laughs> to say the theme of the show is whistleblowers. We will be blowing the whistle on Nets things that are uncomfortable to say around Nets fans mm-hmm. and in the very narrow Nets bubble in which probably if you're listening to this podcast you live. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to try to say some some things that maybe um, shouldn't be said in that sphere uh, or blow the whistle as it were. But before that, we are going to get to Katie's Corner mm-hmm. and uh, Nets News and talk a little bit about our takeaways from the press conference, which again, we were not at. Yeah. Katie's Corner, Simon, to intro it, could you please do Katie's Corner? Katie's Corner. Katie's Corner, I'm going to combine it with Headline of the Week. Okay. Uh, headline of the Week and Katie's Corner from Nets Daily. The headline is Proof! Exclamation mark. Kevin Durant is a Brooklyn Net. Kev, this happened when Kevin Durant, for the very first time, was photographed in a Brooklyn Nets jersey. I think why this rises to Katie's corner mm-hmm. is it speaks to the remaining levels of doubt and skepticism about whether he really is going to be one of us, the sort of general disbelief that it's happening. A lot of people are talking at our lunch today, a lot of people are talking about sort of stepping out of a dream and into reality, like, is this really real? Wake me up, pinch me. Uh, That headline very much speaks to that attitude amongst Nets fans. Yeah. Uh, he's a Nets folk. Uh, he's a uh, Nets folks. I'll move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so a couple other things I wanted to say about Kevin Durant, because this is by far the most, uh, the meatiest part of our podcast. Are you mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, You're yeah. I just realized like my, my tea is Oh, yeah, tea is, You want to go grab it? I'll get it later. You sure? It's going to steep it's gonna too much. It's going to be hot. Oh. Yeah, mm. but I'm mine steeping, too. I didn't bring any bowls to put the... Tea bags in. We're having tea today. Simon's also enjoying a Red Bull. 
Uh, two other things I wanted to mention about Kevin Durant. There was a Ringer video. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it. That I sent you? I texted it to you? Oh, the hottest take? Yeah, so it's yes, the hottest I take social that. media tips for Kevin Durant. Yes. Did, you didn't watch it? I did listen to you, it, yes. Okay, Sorry. Tell, could you, I was going to ask you to break it down because I did not watch it. Yes, so it is, first of all, a, a brief take on, or a, a brief description of what the show appears to be, which is like takes that are so hot that they are like sort of... It, it, it's not. It, it's not really even supposed to be clear that the people saying them actually believe them. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just like a funny. You know, it's like take Stephen A. Smith and go like two clicks further. Uh huh. Um, and um, sort of like this show. Yeah, but I I think that we try to be as honest we, and yes. unflinching right, as possible. Right. This is sort of like jokey stuff. Anyway, so for this particular episode or segment. Um, they, the, one of the guys was suggesting that Kevin Durant needs to go one, you know, triple down on his social media-ing uh-huh. and, and, like, hire a bunch of, like, Twitter trolls and Twitter bots to, like, basically create a synthetic, um, you know, the, the Bay Hive, the Beyonce yes, yes. fans. So basically, like, create an army of mercenary Bay Hive type people to just go after all of your enemies um, and and relentlessly, uh, <laughs> like, pick fight or not pick fights, but, you know, like, go, go after any sort of criticism um, in, you know, just basically uh, amplifying what he, he's been known to do already. Hmm. And and the, the idea is, like, is also that he won't be playing basketball, so there's he's got a lot of time on his hands. Um, would you enlist yourself in such an endeavor? One thousand percent. <laughs> One thousand percent. Yeah, I think Kevin can have pretty much whatever he wants here in Brooklyn. Yeah. As that headline proof, Kevin Durant is a Brooklyn net, um, would indicate we are desperate for him <laughs> to be in that. We're very excited to have him. Use us as you will. If you would like us to troll, we shall troll for thee, good sir. <laughs> uh, final thing I want to say about KD. Mm-hmm. You heard about the the um, Draymond Green beef? No. So, so like, Draymond... Oh, it, I'm going to transition from the Draymond. The thing I want to focus on is the Magic Johnson beef with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do know that. Okay, so Draymond also had a little beef where on Kevin Durant's brother's Instagram, who I believe Kevin Durant's brother just had a child. So, hey, congrats, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, this is a very pro-family podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian and pro-family. Uh <laughs> What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> uh, please keep listening. I, yeah, please just rate, review, five stars. Every one of them counts, folks. Um, Draymond Green commented on Kevin Durant's brother's Instagram. It was like a photo of Kevin Durant's brother's baby. And it was like, you know, I'm bringing a new kid into the world or whatever mm-hmm. you say when you have a new kid in the world. Uh, and Draymond was like, yo, KD, I heard all the shit you've been talking, bro, but that's cool. He, like, used it as a platform for him oh, to be, like, but, angry at But I thought, he, I thought he was, I thought he was shit-talking his brother. 
Because he was like, oh, you talked a lot of shit about me, but, like, I'm happy for you that you had this kid. He was... Oh, but he was he, trying to take the high road, but I don't think you... I think he was talking about Kevin Durant's brother. Not Kevin Durant. Not Kevin Durant. I don't okay. think. Well, I think in either case, it's a pretty petty thing to do. Like, why yes. use a the picture of someone's new kid, child yeah. as the, the, the venue in which to exact revenge? Yeah. Um, anyway, so Magic Johnson also threw shade at KD. KD is just endlessly involved in some sort of media drama because he is actually a massive superstar mm-hmm. um, which is why Katie's Corner exists and is the best thing that we ever talk about um, I mean not this instance of it but some of them have certainly been interesting yes. <laughs> rate review five stars any place you get your podcast uh, Magic Shades KD his quote is so Kevin if you've won back to back titles you were MVP of the finals as well where are you going to find happiness at I just want him to find happiness because when I look at MJ okay, Kobe Bryant this brother Kevin Durant is one of the best scores we've seen in NBA history so I just want him to be happy but I don't know where he's going to be happy at if he can't find it at Golden State mm-hmm. well, that's some salty shade yes uh, do you think Magic has a point whose side are you on is this a time to bay hive it up? Yes. Uh, for our boy? 1,000%. Uh, I've been saying that a lot. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yes, Magic Johnson is an inveterate idiot. Uh, I hate him as a person. <laughs> as a person? Yeah, oh yeah, he's terrible, he's terrible to D'Angelo. He's, he was he's, very he's, bad he's, he's a complete piece of shit. I wouldn't say he's a complete he, piece he of is, shit. He is, he is, there's no doubt about it. So, <laughs> so he... <laughs> He is. I mean, he was a, a fabulous basketball player, but um, but uh, no, he's, he's been he's worthless since he stepped off the court. Okay. Um, and this is just another one. So just dribble the ball. Here's the thing. No, I I, I think that he is. Um, when people say, like, look, yes, Kevin Durant may have some sort of like, may have trouble being happy. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the guy, but. But like, the point is <laughs> part of people, his hype. Sure, when but. people say, when people say like, oh, I don't know why he's happy. Like, what? Why isn't he happy? I really want him to be happy. Like, does it really sound like Magic Johnson wants him to be happy? No, no. It sounds like Magic Johnson thinks he's a dick and is like, why don't you get it together, you piece of shit? Like that. That's his subtext. Is like Kevin Durant, you're a whiny bitch. That that is what he's saying. But he's couching it in this like, I just really want him to be happy. I'm so concerned. About Kevin Durant. No, you're not. You're just dying to be in the headlines because you flamed out as a worthless GM and you're like more and more irrelevant with each passing day. And you know that attaching your comments to an actual star who's doing something right now can get you there. Oh my God. I hate you, Magic Johnson. You don't hear a lot of people speak that. That frankly about their feelings, re magic. But um, well done. Uh, you scorched him. Thank you. What uh, do you think? What do I think? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> 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 like I mean, of course he doesn't care about Kevin Durant. Right. And how, like you, no one say as you say. Yeah, no one makes that comment. No one ever says, I just hope he's this, you know, like, can find happiness because he's not. Like, it's obviously a criticism. It's obviously you saying you've, he has some deficiency that you are pointing out 
and cloaking it in the, the yeah. guise of, of concern. Uh, is it called concern trolling, or is that a different thing? I don't know what that is. Yeah. I have heard of that. I, I have don't heard know of what concern trolling as well, but yeah. I'm not totally sure what it is. If you know, <laughs> <laughs> hit us up at maybe next time at Gmail or on Twitter or... Facebook, which I haven't looked at our Facebook page in a very long time. Instagram, we will start posting more Instagrams. Our first game, Nets fans will be excited about this. The first game against um, some Spanish team, maybe? Yeah, or I a don't Turkish know team, or from, yeah. a team not from the United States is going to be coming to Brooklyn to play at Barclays Center next Friday. I'll, I'll be there. Simon will be uh, enjoying uh, Madrid at the time, or. <laughs> Someplace in Albuquerque. We'll be getting back from Las Vegas, New Mexico. Right, you'll be getting back from Las Vegas. All right, I want to transition to a new segment, Simon, and the segment title is going to be called, When Did This Become a Thing? Interesting. Yes, and it is another headline. Uh Headline from the, uh, pulled straight from the uh, post. New Nets center DeAndre Jordan tours $6.3 million Tribeca loft. (laughs) So Simon and I have been covering the Nets for a long time at this point. Again, not invited to press day, but (laughs) we find the time to cover the Nets uh, outside of their press conferences. Mm. Um, And I cannot recall a single instance of the purchase of a home being mentioned. Um... By any of any net player buying a home this season, we have Spencer Dinwiddie <laughs> mm-hmm. conjecturally buying mm-hmm. the top floor of some building in downtown Brooklyn. Yep. Now we have one not even of DeAndre Jordan buying a home, but touring yeah. a home in Tribeca. Now, <laughs> it was great a, segment it, title. Yeah, when did this become a thing? Uh, six uh, six point three million dollar Tribeca loft. It was five thousand square feet. Wow. That's a big That's home. That's big. Yeah, it's a huge home. Uh, anyway, it's just odd, isn't it, that this is now, like, what people talk about? It certainly is. It is also weird to me, like, maybe people are interested in this only because only because in a world where print media is rapidly dying, uh, staff is shrink, shrink, shrinking. Right. That there are people that are trolling real estate... However, you're finding this out, like it does require something. Like you, you you got some database that you're looking at, or whatever. You got your ear to the ground in the real estate thing. Like (laughs) it's just weird that that is a job in today's media landscape. You're just like. Well, DeAndre Jordan was sort of a star several years ago, and now he's in a new city, so presumably we'll need to live somewhere. So what is more captivating that in his search to live somewhere, he looked at an apartment? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's a little bit of what we all love in this world. If you made an HGTV, though, program about it, I would watch yeah, I'd like to hear him and his uh, wife or girlfriend um, get into a pretty heated exchange about which type of home they I want. I think uh, the term we use now is partner. Partner, I yes. know. I don't... I, all right. Yeah. I've, I always found it troubling. It, yes, yeah. me too. Um, yeah. But I'm an old millennial. Yeah, bro. yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're old school like that. <laughs> so, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just old school. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. right. <laughs> Next. Oh, another new segment. Wow. 
I have another new segment for okay. us. It's called Kyrie's Injured Again. <laughs> <laughs> These segments are killing it. Yeah, no, there's a lot. This is a meaty week. This is, by the way, you can tell the summer is coming to an end and the season is revving up because we actually there are actual things happening. Yeah. Uh, Whoever out there has bothered to listen to anything that we've produced in the last two and a half months, hats off to you. Thank you. Well, like, but sincere thanks. Um, it cannot have been interesting. Uh, we tried. Thank you, but you're an idiot. No, <laughs> no, uh, no you're no. not. Thank you. No. Uh, Thank you. It, we're, we're happy to have you and, and uh, rate, review. <laughs> Send in a question if you've got one. <laughs> Our mailbag has been dry. Uh, so the segment is Kyrie's injured again. This time it's a face fracture. There was a good quote from Nets Daily. It said, this is the third time in the last seven years that Kyrie Irving has broken a bone in his face. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a lot of times Yes. Uh, to break a bone in your face. I have never broken a bone in my face. No. Have you? No. Have you, have you broken a bone? I don't think so. No, never? I guess not. I, I actually have that. I never. Uh, I've never broken a bone either. <laughs> but I have separated my shoulder mm. playing tackle football in uh, in Summit Park. Mm. Yeah, with um, some academy kids. Okay, back in the day, uh, they would t- slum it at Summit. They yeah, when they came and hung out with me, it was only it was a one time thing, and I uh-huh. broke a sh- my shoulder, so it was not like something that ever happened again. But yeah. poor person, yeah, park no, with no, shoulder it was kid? it was actually it was one of the guys who did it. I, I have this such a vivid memory of this guy because we went over to his house and his dad put on platoon. I've probably told you about this. His dad put on platoon, like a totally inappropriate movie for us uh-huh. um, to watch, and. Uh, <laughs> And he was drinking. I mean, I didn't realize at the time. I just thought it was fun. But he was drinking a lot of uh, whiskey or scotch or something, brown liquor. Um, And he was a Vietnam vet. And uh, about halfway through, he had a pretty serious breakdown where he was crying, screaming, yelling. Like the mom who was like, anyway, it's probably inappropriate to talk about, but... Uh, he he had a real breakdown. Like I had to call. I was going to spend the night, but my parents were called, and I had to get picked up. Mm. Uh, it was a real triggering event. Anyway, he was a uh, the the fittest friend I had. He was in extremely good shape, very handsome, great hair. Like had veins in his arms, <laughs> you know, like just naturally quite strong. Uh-huh. I think his name was Alex. Anyway, uh, <laughs> TMZ Sports broke uh-huh. the exclusive news on Tuesday: Kyrie Irving and his girlfriend Golden. Are engaged. Yeah. Uh, there was a hilarious... Did you read the Nets Daily article about it? There was a great typo in it that I, I, we don't generally point these out anymore. We used to have a segment that essentially just, like, pointed out grammatical errors in the Nets Daily. Um, this one, though, is good. It says, instead of may your marriage be long and happy, it said maybe your marriage be long and happy. <laughs> Uh, mm. Nets Daily, we love you. Um, Dinwiddie as a financial product, we already sort of talked about it. Yep. Um, off, uh, what do they call it? Offline? Offline? Is this offline? I say off mic. Off mic, yeah. We definitely talked about it off mic um, and offline. Uh, Dinwiddie's company, it's uh, called Dream Fan Shares and is planning to go live with the, did you see what the symbol for it will be? 
No, I haven't seen this article. Dollar sign SD8. Mm. Uh, it is supposed to. The token is supposed to be publicly available theoretically on November first. Um, I have. Uh, we don't have to dwell on this because there are there is some speculation that the NBA has prohibited it from happening. Um, but it, and we've already talked about it in another episode. But if you're curious about a human being turning himself into a financial product, I would check out the Shams Sharania article um, on The Athletic because it is a fascinating thing. And by the end of it, I was like, I want to buy at least one token um, of this player. But I do think, I, uh, like, putting aside whether Spencer is allowed to or not, a good point that he made was that, like, it could be an interesting thing for fandom like you you would watch and engage with sports in a way different way were you like a literal investor in them um and that is certainly true and as as things like sports betting become right. legal in more states um might this be like a realistic thing like avenue for players to somehow uh, commoditize themselves to the point where they can be assets that are, are like literal assets that you are are, are staking wages on. Um, and of course, it's all you know. It's, it 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 speaks to a, a haunting commodification of our world and the <laughs> the reduction of humanity to mere transactional pieces, but. Um, yeah, this is but where we're at, folks. You gotta transform. It's <laughs> yeah, change right. or die. So. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, that's adapt the, or die. So yeah, at like who's slow is Google or Apple know. or one of them? Yeah, yeah, that's what they live and die by. Okay, um, and that's sign of former Nick, not Carmelo Anthony. But Lance Thomas, yeah. Simon, you are high, high, high on Lance Thomas. Average four point five points and two point five <laughs> rebounds, averaging seventeen minutes a game. Why do you think Lance Thomas is the key? To the net success this year, uh, I, <laughs> I, I don't I honestly. Truth be told, I don't know that I would go that far, but I will say, as I've said to you off mic, Bill, I do think you're going to see him close out games as the center because he can shoot the three, yeah. and Kenny will want to put five people out there who can shoot a three. He's relatively bulky. I mean, he's like 230 pounds, six eight. Good, rugged defender. Rugged. I mean, I can't imagine that he is not at least somewhat good at defense because no <laughs> he, one wants to pay someone millions else. of dollars right. to, to uh, have three points a game. But um, I do think I think that uh, Kenny loves himself a, a not great stretch four, and yeah, I, I I I do see him getting more playing time than than perhaps we might. But as I've also said to you off mic, I do think that a stretch four that I'm a little more excited about is David Nwaba. Six four, seven foot wingspan, thirty two percent three point shooting is not good if you're a shooting guard. It is pretty passable if you're a um, power forward. Again, um, you did mention the seven foot wingspan, but I I would like to hammer home the six four. Height. Mm. Yeah. 
quite Trivion short. Graham was one inch short, uh, taller. Yep, and was miserable. Uh, by any metric you <laughs> yes, look at, but, was an absolute disaster but, on the team. But he needed to shoot the three. <laughs> if Nwaba's hitting those threes... Yeah, Nwaba is a, a historically below-league average shooter. Uh, Zach Lowe article on the net... New court. Yeah. Simon, it's gray. First ever in the NBA. Take it away. Uh, I think it's not only gray, Bill, it's great. <laughs> um, I love it. Uh, I think it looks, I mean, I have not actually seen the actual, I've only seen renderings. Yeah. But the renderings. I thought some of them were real. I don't know. Okay. I, I Maybe yeah. I've only seen renderings. I don't know. but Maybe I'm a financial product. <laughs> Nobody would invest in that. Uh, adapt or die. So, <laughs> so he, I think it looks so awesome. I think it is the coolest court I've ever seen. Uh, I it looks very unique. I love the new logo with just the stripped down B. Um, it has sort of a to me kind of like a um, Space Jam vibe. Even though Space Jam was way more vibrant in color, it's kind of like the B is sort of like I, I don't know. There's just something about it that I find. Extremely well, you're appealing. You're a circle S guy, yeah, and this is a circle B. Yeah, so, right. Kinda. Exactly. That's yeah. I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's a part of it. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I'm really, think? really excited to see it. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting that Sean Mark sounds like he was behind the design, a lot of the design of it. Uh, that might just be the spin of the article, but it is interesting that like in an off season in which you could pit the what the Nets did against. The best moves of any other organization. He also felt compelled to bother with completely redesigning in a pretty novel um, and and unique way Mm -hmm. this court. Um, But yeah, no, I'm 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 very very captivated uh, by the idea of a redesigned court, and I I'm looking forward to seeing seeing it on Friday. Um, I'll send you a pic. Great. Maybe I will uh, check out our Instagram because I'll, I'll post a photo of it live Great. from Section 114. Uh, all right, press conference. Yeah. I have two takeaways from the press conference. Give it to me. I think the two things most people are talking about. Um, first is Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. People are, are people. <laughs> people aren't talking about the Nets press, con- press conference, but... A very narrow section of people called, like, the 13 and a half Nets fans that exist are talking a lot about what <laughs> Kyrie Irving said at this thing. Um, and what Kyrie Irving said at this was basically uh, that he was extremely candid about his time in Boston. He took responsibility for what he had done. He said that he didn't talk to a therapist, felt depressed, but kept everything bottled up and admitted that he failed his teammates um, in terms of being a leader and that he vows to be honest with the Nets, whether that is seeing a therapist or um, not bottling things up. Right. Uh, this to net this is catnip for Nets fans because they're like, see, he's changed. It's different. The past is the past. He is a new man. We can trust that this is a new Kyrie Irving. Uh, my question for you, Simon, and I think I know what you're going to say, but I can't wait to hear it. Uh, do you think this is a new Kyrie? I think that. I think that 
he, you know, people, it's very hard for people to completely transform themselves, but I do think people can learn a bit um, from past experiences. I think that there will be definitely down times with, with Kyrie. I think there will be, it will be a more volatile locker room. I don't totally, I'm not willing to, like, completely forget about last season or, or you know, all the horror stories with Tyron Lue in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that um, it's better that he, he said these things than saying, like, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm just committed to being the best and, like, you know, if people don't like that, then, right. you know, it's their problem. And I'm just... I'm what 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 do like extreme assholes say? Like I'm just honest. Right. I just say the things that people don't are too scared to say. Like he didn't say any of that. Um, and uh, you know I do think these things are at least partially situational. And I, I'm I'm hopeful that things will be okay. I don't imagine that Ke- that Kyrie will ever be like everyone's favorite in the locker room. But I am hopeful that at least it won't be like a Dwight Howard thing where he is just passed around the league like a hot potato. Right. And and I, I think that's a good point. And I think that um, it, it, it'd be a worse sign if he was like, he was like, it was this thing that, that I did, and now I'm changing that thing, and now everything is going to be okay. Like, he, does, he doesn't offer a solution. He's saying, like, yeah, it was flawed. Like, I, I, I you know, was... Yeah, all these various things happened, and I recognize that it was a problem, and I hope to have learned and changed from it. Um, there's this, there's this show um, about uh, JUCO football, mm-hmm. and uh, so one of the 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 first season, the the coach buddy was like this complete monster. Yeah. And he comes back, and in the second season, he, he's like, oh, I watched the first season. I feel so horrible about myself. Uh, this season, I'm not going to curse. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's like, he didn't come out and say, you know, I cursed too much in Boston. I'm not going to curse in Brooklyn. Therefore, all of our problems are going to go away. He sort of owned up to, like, I have issues. I dealt with these issues by not dealing with these issues, and that made those issues worse. Mm-hmm. Now, in full candor, I am going to acknowledge these issues and try to attempt to deal with them in a more frank way that is different than the way I try to deal with them. And it's not, there's not like a solution. I'm not going to like tweet less or, you know, read the media less or, you know, d- talk this way to guys, it's like it, it. It did seem genuine and sincere. That said, like the guy has is a you know has hundreds of millions of dollars at this point, and I'm sure there is a guy, has a person in his life who is feeding him what he's supposed to be saying right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess would be the cynical way to mm-hmm. to interpret that, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Like it could be complete bullshit and the past of the past, as we'll talk about it in a bit um, in my whistleblower section. But but it, I, I do think it's a promising sign, and people are very hopeful in that station. Yeah. Uh, other thing I wanted to bring up from the press conference, and then you feel free to Great. say if you have any takeaways from it. Great. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie called Prince the biggest surprise to come out of the weeks of pickup games in L.A., where all the guys were playing. Um, 
I think this is sort of a bigger deal because of last season, uh, where the everyone came out of these pickup games saying, "Holy shit, Karis Levert's amazing!" And then Karis Levert started Karis Levert started last season being amazing. Um, I think that if there is a buzz about someone from these things, like the videos that everyone puts out, like Marco, yeah, Carl yeah. Fultz, Mar- Markel Fultz can shoot a shot, right. or Ben Simmons can shoot a three, uh, like eh, those are bullshit. Right. But like if people come out of camp and they're like, this guy is way better than I thought, I think that does mean something um, versus the other stuff that is just totally promotional stuff probably put out by their agents. Um, so I'm, I, I am really optimistic about what Torian Prince could become this season for the Nets. And I kind of would like them to try to work out an extension deal before the season. Whoa. Um, but well, uh, that, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to hold out for. And next, next year, obviously, free agent class is weak, so he might, might have advice not to do that. But I'm pretty high on Prince. Yeah. Um, so my my thing from the uh, from the press conference, uh, one of the biggest you know positive nice things that I saw is that um, Kevin Durant mentioned that one of the things that drew him to the Nets was he watched a lot of Kenny Atkinson like coaching or like oh, looked at like yeah, plays yeah. that he did and and looked at how he coached throughout the game and he really really liked that. Um, and I had never heard that Kenny Atkinson was a draw for, for Kevin Durant. Um, I think that, so that was very, um, very encouraging, um, because I, you know, hope, hope that Kenny, um, can remain the coach of this team. Right. He, he was like, yeah, I, I loved watching Kenny Atkinson, especially when he allowed his assistant coach, Adam Harrington, to, to that will be my one of the one of the conspiracies I'm gonna I'm gonna adhere to for yeah. until it happens. But I think that's pretty incredible. Like you know, no, it's a great it's a great uh, it's not only a great thing to say, but if there's any veracity to right. it, would be a, a great sign that um, these guys want to be co- like at this point. Like what the fuck? It'd be so hard to coach Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like you're like a historically good NBA player. What can a coach bring? But like, if you if you actually are drawn to a place because you think the coach is doing interesting stuff, that's, yeah. that could be great. I agree, and I also you know these are it's a press conference. Everyone says positive things, but it is still nice because it's Kevin Durant to hear him say things like you know I was really attracted to the organization, the way they did things, the way they were playing. It it just means you no. Know, I know it's. It's surely, like, you know, at, at least half, you know, just saying nice things. That's what these press conferences are for. Um, but it still, to me, as a Brooklyn Nets fan, feels incredible to hear uh, Kevin Durant saying those things. Agreed. Uh, great point. Anything else from the conference, or shall we move no, into our um, whistleblower segment? Let's shake it and bake it, baby. Shake it. And bake it down. Um, all right, so we're going to our whistleblower segment. Again, shout out to Snowden and Chelsea Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you said maybe this is this is sort of what our theme is going to be. Maybe things we would blow the whistle on the Nets for, things we're worried about but afraid to say in the environment of preseason optimism. Um, as we've talked about in former seasons when there was far less ground to be optimistic yep. about, uh, preseason breeds delusion. Uh, we are very much in a delusional time, though, for the first time ever, we might actually be decent. Yeah. I mean, we were decent last year. Mm-hmm. Getting to the playoffs is uh, six seed in the East in a very, very, very weak race for the sixth or eighth seed in the in the East. Uh, we were the, the, we, we did it. Uh, we won a game, but got got stomped by, yeah. by Philadelphia. Uh, but this season, obviously, expectations are a bit higher. We have two legit superstars on our team. Um, with a couple in waiting in guys like Karis LeVert and Nick Claxton. Um, <laughs> so we're going to basically do indulge a little segment uh, of net cynicism. Yeah. Is that, is that fair to abs- say? Absolutely. All right. You want to start? <coughs> Excuse me. Sure. Um, I, only have t- I only really have two things. Wow, Bill. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I have or three. Two or three. Okay. So my... <laughs> my- oh! My one, my one, and I just want to say I am very hopeful about Torian Prince. I think it would be very great if he could, um, if he is good, and I think there's reason to believe that he'll be good. But here is my conspiracy: Oh, you suck! People, people have. You're not the only one, Bill. I've heard only. You know, positive, like, so good, he's amazing, like, he's going to be a big piece. This was a huge part of the Alan Crabb trade. Yeah. You know, makes it all worth it, no matter how many picks we gave up. Torrain Prince is amazing. Alan Crabb. Yeah. <laughs> you think he's going to even play in Atlanta? I don't like, know. Nobody talks about him. I don't okay, know. anyway. Um, but, but so, so, I, here are the reasons I'm worried. One is, um, at least for this year, I think he's... He's really more likely to get minutes at the four than the three. Um, and his rebounding is historically pretty much terrible. So I think he will be out-muscled and out-rebounded basically every night. The other thing is that I know um, you've said that in the first his first season with the Hawks, he was good at defense. But in, in the subsequent seasons, his defensive numbers are terrible. Now, the Hawks are a bad team. It's hard to get good numbers on a bad team, um, and it's very possible that he was not trying his hardest on a bad team. But I am not convinced that he is actually good at defense. Um, so those are the things that worry me about Torian. Okay. Uh, a little shade for our guy Torian. And <laughs> I've got a little shade for a man named Kyrie. <laughs> uh, again, great press conference. People are very high at him. There's a very famous Groucho Marx line, Simon, which I think you've heard. Uh-huh. Uh, and it is, the, this man may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to apply that to Kyrie Irving, not in him being an idiot, but I would say Kyrie may look like a toxic culture destroyer. <laughs> and... Talk like a uh, toxic culture destroyer, but don't let that fool you. He really is a toxic culture destroyer. Uh, 
I think that we are in our budding optimism for a new team, a new Kyrie, uh, this new era of the team in which we are good and Sean Marks is a genius and he's brought in the greatest superstars that are going to bring championships to Brooklyn and all of these things. Um, I think that the track record of Kyrie Irving um, for Nets fans is being massively underplayed. Certainly people acknowledge it, but as soon as they acknowledge it, it is, but this time it's different. We are living in a different era. The Nets are a different team. He chose us. He didn't choose the other teams. He was drafted to one and traded to the other. There are a myriad rationalizations for why all of a sudden Kyrie is going to go from a guy who has left every team he's been on in the NBA um, in, in on, on really awful terms. Really awful terms. Like, like beyond how you know beyond the the badness most people leave teams um and and uh and we are saying well this time is this time is different this time is an exception uh to the rule and he's he's a new guy i i would just push back on that a little bit and and question why it's going to be different in brooklyn mm-hmm. do you think that's fair yes there is real, real risk. There's real risk. Um, that's a pretty easy one. That's a that's T-ball stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. What is your next whistleblow? Okay, my next um, my next whistleblow is um, I feel like what has not really been talked about except on I hate to uh, give these these two any credit, but on um, dunked on oh. is. The Nets' defense mm. is not doesn't project to be very good, uh-huh. even when Kevin Durant comes back. So there's all sorts of things that you can say about Kevin Durant coming back, but one of them is not that he's going to help the defense too much, um, especially with his injury. Um, and we don't, you know, there's players like Nawaba. There's players like, you know, I don't know, a Garrett Temple or a Torian Prince who you could theorize could, like, help a, help on defense. That is kind of but, why I think Prince is going to be good. But. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I would just say um, at the four we'll see if he can handle it. But but I, I, just, I just don't know that we have anyone that I would feel comfortable say, like, if you're a championship contending team, you need to be able to beat. Um, you, you need to be able to match up with people like a Kawhi Leonard, like a LeBron James, a Giannis. Like we have no one that like. And you know those are tough players to guard, obviously. But yeah. we don't really have a like a player that you could feel even remotely comfortable putting him on and being like, well, he'll have to work for his points at least. Right. Like, I don't even know that we have any of that. I mean, yeah, but that's, I mean, I do think Temple and I do think Nwaba and I and I do think Prince could be utilized as sort of defensive special specialist types of guys. Mm. Uh, that said, 
<laughs> there is no proof of that that is actually going to manifest itself. Yeah. Um, so I think it is, yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a very, very big concern. Um, oh my god, I don't think I can do this one. <laughs> my next whistleblow is, is too deep. Okay. I don't think I can do it. It was, I, I had a whole thing about uh, millennial fandom. Okay. Have you heard, it, like, how people describe, like, Millennial fandom. No. So basically, the idea is that like nobody care that's a millennial, which again is like a generational uh, construct that I think is problematic to say the very yes. least. Um, but let's, for the sake of this conversation, we'll say millennial fandom. Millennial fandom is that people don't care about teams any longer; they care about players. And I think part of the reason why I'm having a difficult time getting into this team Mm -hmm. is that I am not as engaged or invested in any of its players. Where, like, in the past, I've really liked guys on the nets. Um, As we talked about some ludicrous ones like Archie Goodwin um, or Jalil Okafor, who I I rode hard for. Uh, Is he in the league still? Jalil? Yeah. yeah, he has a, a, some sort of contract with um, New Orleans, it. but it's unclear whether he's going to make the final cut. Um, but theoretically, he will be on New Orleans this year. Um, but, like, D'Angelo was the, the heart, obviously, my heartthrob last year. Um, and now that he's gone, like, I, like, like, when I'm talking about the Nets, like, the player I'm, I like the most now is Nick Claxton. Because I just don't feel right liking Kevin Durant. Like, I like Kevin Durant. He was awesome. He's He is awesome. But I don't... He's not, like, my guy. I'm never going to pick... I'm never going to be like, oh, like, who... You know... What do you like? Oh, the thing that's, like, a billion dollars. Because it's the nicest thing in the world. Right. Like, you want to like something that is sort of... Unique and so different and weird. what keeps you from doing that with Karis? Karis... I think I have a I have a I have a little pushback with Karis because I feel like it's sort of the the cool thing like the hip choice to be like Karis Levert is awesome. We got him at a super discount. He's going to be amazing. He's going to be great. And like he's our like that's sort of like the take of people who are Karis fans. You know, like he is this this uh, hidden gem and. He might be, but he also, like, coming into last season, wasn't even a starter on the team. Coming into this season, like, even James, who's super high on the guy, was like, yeah, he might be better on, like, the second unit. Um, I just don't know that, like, like I just don't think Karras is – he's just not a – and in addition to which, <laughs> uh, we were talking about this on another episode where – Karis never, like, his personality is never discussed in any way, like, good or bad, which is probably means, like, he's really easy to get along with and a nice guy. But, like, I kind of am drawn to someone who has some personality. But, like, Karis has no public personality that I'm aware of. Yeah, I mean, I think I think to the extent that he has one, it's like he works really hard, 
He's a grinder. Sure, yeah, yeah. He puts yeah. his head down. Yeah. He like likes all of his teammates. Like that, like him, him going out of his way to say he really will miss D'Angelo Russell. Like that to me is part of his personality. Right, right. Like Consummate super nice guy. guy. Super nice guy. Yeah. Who works well, really I guess, hard. Well, I guess then, yeah. I'm not drawn to nice. Uh, no, yeah. I like a bad. You need boy. a bad. Boy. I like a bad boy. Like but Kyrie think, Irving. <laughs> no, but I mean, like I, I think that's no, like people aren't drawn to just like oh, Mister Consistent. Oh, I am. I feel the way about about Karis Levert the way that you you felt about D'Angelo. Well, that's great. <laughs> we still got him. Yeah. D'Lo's off, and uh, it's just so like honestly, the way that national media talks about the Golden State Warriors next year is so disrespectful to D'Angelo. It's just like, oh boy, are they even going to make the playoffs? They're in trouble now. Like there's there's no hope because they they have no they have to wait for uh, to, for. Um, Clay uh, Thompson to get back before they're any good at all. Well, but I feel like people like Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons and like a lot of those guys, Winhurst, are all like, oh, well, if you can shoot, he'll be, you know, and he can. And, you know, Steph Curry, don't sleep on the Warriors. I feel like there is like a pundit strain that's like, don't sleep on the Warriors. D'Angelo, they'll make it work. Steve Kerr is a genius. Steph Curry is amazing with the ball or without it. Yeah. No, I mean, there, but like, just that. <clears throat> They have Draymond and Steph, who everyone would acknowledge are, are incredible players. They had a 73-win season when Clay Thompson was on the team. And now he's out, but D'Lo's there, who is an all-star and a pretty good basketball player. And people are, like, not even sure they're going to make the playoffs. Like, that, to me, is mm. insane. Like, that is the bet that I think is is sort of like a sleeper thing this season. Like, the the Warriors could very conceivably win the entire thing to me this year. Mm. Um, but what's your next whistleblower? Oh, um, I think that's it. I, I don't need any. No. I don't think I need any either. Okay. Um, and you've got a concert to get to. So, yes. I mean, you want to tell uh, the folks at home <laughs> what concert you're going that's to? That's right, folks. I hope to see you all. At Strung Out Tonight. And The Casualties, which is a band I don't know, but I've heard of. you heard I of The Casualties? Okay. never, ever heard a- of them. Anyway, another punk band. Uh, at Poussin Rouge, we'll see you there. It's in Soho. Uh, starts in... Poussin actually- Rouge is in Soho? I thought it was yeah. in the East Village. Mm-mm. Oh. I don't think so. Um, well, maybe, I don't know. I think it's in... Whatever. The point is, uh, it's actually supposed to technically start in 15 minutes, uh, but there's a couple of opening bands. Uh, hope to see you there. Uh, it was a band of my childhood that I uh, love and will love again. Where is it? Oh, yeah, you're right. So, yeah. All right. That'll be fun. Yeah. It describes itself on Google Maps as a multimedia art cabaret. So There's I think- almost nothing more pretentious than those three <laughs> words together. <laughs> or relutively meaningless. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. What, wait. What, this, one more time. What is it? <laughs> um... So what were you going to say? Oh, just uh, rate, review us, as Bill has said, and also please send us uh, your emails and follow us on um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, send us an email, maybe next time at gmail.com. We love your questions. We love your comments. Uh, and uh, We love you, we just love, in general. We love Straight you. Straight up. Absolutely. We love you. Thank you for listening. Let's talk again soon. Oh, we are going to be back when you get back, so October... Uh, like 10th ish. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be uh, more than a week from now. 
But you know what? I, I think we're going to make it. Yeah. I think we're going to make it. Uh, would love to hear from you. <laughs> All right. We will go ahead and uh, see you next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. Columns, there was this letter I read. If you like Pina Colada.